630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Live from Northlands Coliseum tonight. Last hockey game ever at the Coliseum. Just getting underway. Spruce Grove Saints against the Okotoks Oilers. Two of the best teams in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. It is free admission. A lot of people taking advantage of that. You can bring a donation for 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. The Connect Club of Spruce Grove or the Kinsman Club of Stony Plain. And then don't forget the public skate tomorrow from 9 to 4. You should go register, though, on Northlands.com. They're only letting 100 people on the ice at a time. My name is Reed Wilkins. You can text 630-630. The email inside sports at 630-ched.com. And the open line 780-496-0063. People, when we moved, to, when the Oilers moved to Rogers Place, and obviously then our, all our broadcast stuff moved over to Rogers Place, one question I was asked a lot was, are you going to be in the fishbowl? <laughs> if, if, if you, I just said that, and you either know exactly what I'm talking about or, or you're confused. Don't worry, I wasn't submerged at any point while I was at Northlands Coliseum or Rexall Place, as it was called when the Oilers were here. What it was, it, it was a booth, it was our broadcast booth on ice level, event level. And that's where I did, hosted the face-off show and then when Ro- where Rob and I would do overtime open line. So it was, we were behind a large window and we sat at a, a, a table and chairs and we did the show. So the door to the room was accessed from a, a secure area where you needed your media pass or worker pass or whatever to go into. But then the actual glass was out in the public area. The, the stairway that went down to that bar area near the Oilers dressing room where the players came out on the ice. So a lot of people who knew that said, well, are you going to be in a fishbowl at Rogers Place? Are you, are you going to be in the little room? Are you, are you, are you going to have a similar little room? Well, we don't. We're, I'm, I'm, I'm upstairs the whole time at Rogers Place. But I, I'm going to share something here. And look, it's a little scarring. Okay, so I'm going to open up, if you don't mind. One of my enduring memories of broadcasting in this building is full frontal, above-the-waist male nudity. Now, why would that be? Because after games, remember, we're near a bar. We're near a bar. People can stay after the game and drink, and then they leave up the stairs right where we are. Right? So... A lot of male hockey fans consume alcohol to, that might affect their behavior. They're leaving, and they look over, and they say, like, there's Rob Brown. There's former NHLer Rob Brown. So for some reason, in their state, they are inspired to come up to the glass, lift their t-shirts to their neck, and press their often, (laughs) what's the polite word here? They're often excessive 
<laughs> abdomens against the glass. And of course, I was witness to this as well. Even even though I think it was more directed at Rob Brown, uh, I, I often saw this as well. So that's one of my memories of uh, broadcasting from this building. On top of seeing Taylor Hall and Ryan Smith and Connor McDavid and all the others uh, play here. So as much as it was kind of cool to see the public and, you know, wave to the odd person or, or have somebody give you the, the phone signal that they were going to call in once they got back to their car, uh, I don't miss the alcohol-fueled, again, full frontal, above the waist. That's important to say, only above the waist male nudity. <laughs> so I just, just, just thought I'd share that with everybody. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Kellen Kennedy is uh, back at the studio. Kellen, how are you doing, buddy? Not too bad. And, yes, I can't imagine, uh, you know, doing the postgame show as long as you have, Reed, that after a while... Uh it would probably get very scarring on the yeah, I just, brain. I just, I just want, I just want people to, you know, remain clothed. That's all. <laughs> I just, you know, just walk by and wave. That's fine. It's that's that's appropriate. It didn't really need, uh, didn't really need. I mean, and sometimes you just had to. Rob and I just realized you had to kind of avoid uh, ex- like eye contact with people because there there were times where you know it's great to uh, interact and, and say hello to people but unfortunately and again this was often uh, younger men say 35 and under in a altered state thanks to beverages who either a, a thought it was cool to, to show us their bare chests pressed against the glass or who just thought it was cool to hammer on the glass as, as loudly as possible <laughs> while Rob and I were broadcasting. So Rob and I kind of got good at just looking, looking at each other and not... Because then if you make eye contact with them or nod at them, then, you know, when, when they're obviously influenced by alcohol like that, they're not going to think, oh, they, the guys on the radio gave me a little nod or a wave. I guess I can leave now. No, when you've been consuming beverages, and so, uh, they think, oh, they gave me a little nod or a wave. That means they want me to keep hammering on the glass. Right. Or that, that, me, that, means, that means they want me to continue holding my shirt up over my head and, and showing them my belly. So Rob and I had <laughs> to get good at never looking at people. Now, the side effect of this was that sometimes there would be a person in a perfectly uh, normal state. And, and I should say, you know, I, I, maybe, maybe I'm being uh, too gender-specific here, but it was mostly men. But there, were, there would be women who uh, had consumed. Uh, quite frankly, I don't think we ever got uh, f- flashed by uh, any, any women. But Rob and I just got used to, okay, you just got to block out what people are doing. There's crowds of people leaving, um, you, you know, so we just got used to talking to each other. So so this was this so one day, <laughs> and I, I feel horrible about this. So one day uh, we're sitting there and we're doing, we're doing overtime open line in the, in the fishbowl, and there, there's a, you know, the game had the game hadn't been over for that long, so there's still quite a few people milling around and have they, you could have you could have your drinks there. You couldn't take them up the stairs, but you could have them in front of the area we were at. So there's quite a few people milling around and, and all that stuff. And uh, I, I was kind of aware, and I think I, I had my head down. I was writing or I was looking on my laptop, and I think we went to commercial. And I was kind of aware there was someone. Um, 
you know, lingering close to my station. And, and look, obviously more people wanted Rob's attention. Rob played in the NHL. He's he's the draw for the show. Every once in a while I might see someone I knew. But, you know, I kind of, if, if someone was around me, uh, you know, usually it was because there wasn't room for them to stand closer to where, where Rob was. So, so anyway, I was kind of aware there was someone uh, lingering. Uh like right across from me and, and facing me and you know it just I was just you get used to blocking all that out and then we're in commercial and Rob says uh, I think this 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 woman here is trying to get your attention and I was I kind of didn't look and I was like well is she drunk because then you know you're afraid it's going to lead to something uh, you know that might be uncomfortable so even though you're through a pane of glass yeah, and and you may find this hard to believe. I'm awkward with other people, so. <laughs> so oh, really? <laughs> so, so Rob says, I think this this uh, this this woman here is trying to wave to you. And I was like, well, is she drunk? And Rob goes, I, I I don't think so. Like she's really persistently trying to get your attention. And I was like, okay. And then Rob's like, you know, she's actually quite attractive. And I was like, okay, Rob. Uh, so I so I look up and I give this 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 woman like a, a brief kind of wave. And then she kind of, like, gave me this... It was quick. Like, I just looked up quickly, but she gave me this look back of not... of sort of a combination of disappointment and anger and and, and sadness, almost. Like, like rejection. And then, uh, and then she kind of... Uh, walks away and then Rob and I are continuing her thing and Rob's like do you know her? And I was like no I don't know her and then uh, Rob says well she's over there now with a couple of her friends and she's still looking over here at you and pointing at you and, and appears to be talking about you to her friends and then, uh, and then I look up at her again and she makes a motion with her two of her fingers on her hand like you do to show somebody you want to use scissors then I realized she's the outstanding hairstylist named Chris from Mousy Browns, who's been cutting my hair for about five years. <laughs> I, was, I was refusing to acknowledge her in public. This is, I don't know why I'm laughing. Boy, this that would have made the next the, haircut awkward. One of the most. Well, <laughs> she was able to. She was able to joke about it later. But I, I felt quite bad. Castle Downs Dan is on hold. Dan, you're on with Reed. How's it going? Hey, Reed. How's it going? Doing very well. Awesome. Well, first of all, uh, of course, it's delivery day tomorrow for Santa's Anonymous. So people get out there with your driver's license and uh, help the kids. And uh, I do have a story about uh, uh, Rex Hall, Sky Rich. I can't even remember what it was. Uh, the Patrick Stefan uh, myth. Yep, yep. Uh, I was there with my buddy. We are in the uh, second last row up top. And, of course, it jumped out of my seat. It was right on the aisle. Jumped out of my seat and came down. And they had odd stairs there. And I came down sort of half on the stair and half not on the stair. And thankfully, a guy three rows, three rows down caught me because I would have went tumbling down the whole the whole row of stairs. And my buddy says he got up and he went to high five me. He said, "You were gone." Said, oh, well, thanks for your concern. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible, Dan. Are you uh, are you at the uh, main depot tomorrow, or what are you doing? I am at the main depot, my friend. I'll be uh, doing the whole ho ho thing and uh, helping out with. Uh, Santa's the greatest charity in the world. Dan, we always appreciate that you volunteer, buddy. Have a great day tomorrow.
You as well, my friend. That is Castle Downs Dan checking in tonight, and that, it's amazing how many people uh, have mentioned that Patrick uh, Stefan miss, and then the Oilers tying the game is one of their top memories from this building. We are live at Northlands Coliseum inside sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, six thirty. Chad. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Got a text here from Cliff who says, My best memory of Northlands Coliseum, first hockey game as a kid. The lady behind me asks my sister to borrow her lighter to light a smoke. The lady leans over. My sister flicks the lighter on. But the flame was set way too high, scorched both of her eyebrows off her forehead. Well, Cliff, that's an incredible best memory of Northlands Coliseum. <laughs> must, must have been a horrible hockey game. Oh, man. Reminds me of the, uh, uh, what was it, the 84 or the 85 Stanley Cup? Uh, uh, I guess it was off of the, the best of video from it or whatever. But there were two guys with hard hats, and they, one of them had, like, the human torch thing on top of his head. He was walking up the ground, and then when the Oilers would score, like he'd have like a igniter on top of his head. Oh, one of those apartment. guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, no one was getting their cigarettes. Exactly. You used, used to be able to smoke in here. I can remember coming to games as a kid and looking across and seeing, uh, you know, smoke. Uh, filling up entire sections. All right, so here's what we did in uh, in 2016. The, the Oilers played their last game here, and uh, we made a documentary called Rexall's Last Stand, and uh, and we played it the the night of the final game here against the Vancouver Canucks. And here's a little uh, snippet of that documentary to bring back some memories. Tonight, they jammed the Northlands Coliseum for the city's National Hockey League debut. Behind the net in front, just a hockey rink. It's a playground, a gathering place, an office, eventually becoming a home for memories of joy and pain. It becomes a collection of highs and lows, moments that made you go, wow, or hang your head in frustration. It's a canvas for the excitement of the unknown that hangs in the air before every event. You're looking at the sheet of ice before the players come out and thinking, will I see something special happen here tonight? 
For Edmonton, for the last four decades, that rink has been Rexall Place. When it was brand new, before Gretzky and the Stanley Cup Finals, it was a symbol of the city becoming modern, taking a step into a new era. Former Oilers play-by-play voice Rod Phillips was there when it opened. It was a, a tremendously exciting time, uh, a brand new building, and uh, it was a state-of-the-art building. It was a replica of uh, the old arena in Vancouver, the uh, Pacific Coliseum, only uh, the difference was that they had an upper level in behind the last row of seats for concessions and, and beer selling and that sort of thing. And it was a fabulous building. Uh, in 1974. Northlands Coliseum opened on November 10th, 1974. The Edmonton Oilers beat the Cleveland Crusaders 4-1. Skip Craig, who would later play for and work for the Oilers, was a member of the Crusaders at the time. It was uh, just like your new uh, rink downtown is going to be. It was the best in, I guess, probably the world, certainly uh, at the time. That was 1974, and uh, we came out of the old gardens, uh, or the Oilers did, and, you know, it was a huge Huge, huge improvement, no question. Mark Messier was just 13 years old when the Coliseum opened. Well, I'm an Edmonton uh, kid growing up here, so I used to go to the Edmonton uh, Gardens and, and watch the teams play there, and Oil Kings, and uh, I remember riding the bus, you know, when I was 10 years old to go see an Oil King game, then the Oilers came, and then who would ever thought Edmonton could get an NHL franchise and, and build a building of this stature. I mean, this became everybody's living room. This became everybody's cathedral. This is a place to get to. It gave us all something to aspire to and uh, and um, as an Edmonton kid being able to play here after coming here and watching games and watching Gordie Howe in the WHA and then being able to play for the Oilers and, and play in this building was a, was, a, was unimaginable. Even though the Coliseum was the new home for pro hockey in Edmonton, it wasn't quite a finished product. Rod Phillips called the game on opening night. It was sold out and it was crazy because uh, we were doing a broadcast and we had a, a half-hour pregame show, and when we went on the air, there were about 30 guys from Northlands. They were still screwing the seats down from our broadcast location. It was in the corner to the left, and uh, they were just in a panic because people were starting to come into the building, and these guys are trying to tighten down these seats, but they got it done, and uh, the building was full, and, and uh, it was just a time in my life that I'll never forget because it was... Uh, we. You kind of felt like you were in the big leagues. I mean, they were still playing in the WHA at that time, but you just felt like, uh, wow, uh, you know, we're on our way. Well, incredible. Some memories there of the opening of this building live from Northlands Coliseum tonight. That's a portion of the documentary we uh, made back in April of 2016, Rexall's Last Stand. We'll check your NHL scoreboard. Cam Talbot back tomorrow against Minnesota. Oilers and Wild on Chad. Faceoff show will start at 10.30. Coming back after the news. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Got a text here to 6.30, Best memory was the night Gretzky scored five to reach 50 goals in 39 games. My buddy came from Red Deer with me. He scalped the ticket for $5, $1 per goal. He still talks about that. Man, I would too. That's incredible. You could really find a ticket for 5 bucks back in the day, eh? That's incredible. Inside sports 
on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chet, Lana, are you joining me now? Yeah, get in here. Why not? Well, let's make it up as we go. 7.35. We're at Northlands Coliseum. The Okotoks Oilers, by the way, lead the Spruce Grove Saints in the AJHL game being played here. Final hockey game at Northlands Coliseum. It's one nothing Okotoks. And a lot of people taking advantage of the free admission tonight and helping out 6.30 Chet Santa's Anonymous. And the executive director of Santa's Anonymous is Lana Nordland. Hello, Lana. Hello, Reed. It's great to see you. How's your night going? My night's going, but are you cold? You got your jacket on. Yes, I was cold, so I put on my jacket. Oh, okay. I know, isn't that terrible? I, I, I need I need a shawl or something. A shawl. Maybe that's what I should have asked for Christmas. Well, hey. Uh, just like a, sh- or a cardigan. Is that what a... A cardigan. A cardigan. Yes. I, shawl's the more feminine version. What? Well, a shawl might be comfortable. It might be comfortable. I think I would look good in a shawl, actually. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Hey, anybody, if you're listening, old Wilkie needs a shawl. But yes, I was cold. But you're, I'm not doing any physical work. You're bustling around and collecting and getting things ready. It is. It's a happening place down here. There are so many uh, spectators. I don't know if they've given the uh, attendance record yet, but uh, it's it's wonderful to see, and people are still coming in. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And, and some people, I talked to a couple people, said they got to go to a Christmas party later, but they just wanted to come and be in the building one final time and watch some of the hockey games. So yeah, uh, it is pretty cool. Lana, delivery weekend. For 6.30, Chet Santa's Anonymous is tomorrow. One more sleep. So, yeah. Well, I I doubt you've been sleeping for the last (laughs) couple weeks at least because you're the busiest person in the the city right now. So if people want to deliver, and I know there's a lot of people who do it every year or have done it before, it might sound... I don't know if intimidating is the right word, but it might sound like you're stepping into the unknown. Like, oh, my God, I'm going to go. What's going to happen? How am I going to know where to go? Uh, you know, will someone, how, what would you say to all those people who might be thinking, man, I want to do this, but I'm, I'm just I'm not feeling confident about it? Well, it's it's not as bad as it seems. And whether you're new or whether you're returning, it's it's a lot of fun. It really is. I did it as a, a youngster when I was 16 and got my driver's license and said, hey, Dad, can I take Jill, my younger sister, and take the car and, you know, the station wagon with the paneling on the side and go and uh, deliver toys for 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous? And how can he say no? So we've been doing it uh, for quite a, a number of years, and, and now here I am working for the organization. Uh, but it is actually, it, it's quite easy. Um, the driver has to bring their driver's license and insurance with them inside Santa's Depot and we have insurance checkers do that and we help um, you download the app if you haven't been able to do that yet and you don't have to use the app we still have the old paper way of doing it because we do need to record who takes what packages so we uh, we track everything and it's it's fun Mrs. Claus is going to come by you never know who else is going to be there and just to find the building we're in our permanent home now Reed so we're at the uh, right. Jerry Forbes Center for Community Spirit and that's one two one two two sixty eight Street and it's uh, a fabulous building and we're looking forward to having some new neighbors move in 
in the new year, but uh, for this year, we're the only charity in there, and uh, we have Northlands has let us use the, the Burns lot right across the street, so the, there'll be parking volunteers out there bright and early, and basically you get in line and you have fun, and this, the Ched uh, Street team will be out there, and there'll be hot chocolate, Lilydale's serving up some Smokies, and A&W with the hot chocolate and coffee. It's it's just, it's a party atmosphere. If, and uh, SantasAnonymous.ca, if people want to just make sure, you know, yes. if they're you're not able to catch all this right now, and you can listen to the Oilers game tomorrow while you're out delivering on 6:30. What time is the Oilers? We're on at 10. We're on at 10:30 with the oh, face-off right. show games at games at noon. Right. So it's perfect, uh, perfect timing. Now, in terms of, I'm curious. Like, okay, so if, if, should people still donate something tomorrow, or do you just want to keep it to delivery if they got a toy or something? Well, is, is it too late to donate, or what's going on? No, it's never too late to donate. It's never too late, Reed. So uh, we will have some boxes set outside, so if you are bringing a donation, that's fine. You can always go online and make a monetary donation. Uh, but if you're planning on bringing more than one person can carry for a donation, we ask that you hold off till, till uh, Monday to do that. Okay. Uh, we do still need donations next week. On Friday and Saturday, we have our walk-in program in conjunction with the Christmas Bureau. So that's for people who applied too late for the delivery. And so we need to make sure we have enough toys for those kids. Okay. Uh, how many kids are we hoping to reach and help this year? Well, right now back at Santa's Depot, we have bagged and ready to be, be delivered uh, approximately. If we just scroll down the screen here, Reed, it says 23,745 kids right there on, awesome. the, on the homepage of Santa's screen and then uh, we're expecting there's going to be at least another three or four thousand uh, kids at the walk-in program and we're just finishing up with helping other agencies that we assist with their Christmas parties and so there'll be about another five thousand kids there so we're going to go well beyond the thirty thousand mark. Lana, incredible. Thank you so much for stopping by. You're one of my favorite guests. Well thank you I appreciate it. I can talk sports a little bit. Well, I, I, we could do that, but we always will we'll bring you on in the summer because we it's so Santa's focused in the, in the, in the winter. It is. Okay, yeah. there you go. How about, how about those Oilers, eh? There, I asked you a sports question. <laughs> but those Oilers are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I love my Oilers. That, and just being here at Northlands Reed is fantastic. When we moved here to the city, my family, in 1975, we moved from southern Ontario. Okay. We lived closer to Buffalo than to Toronto. So we went okay. down and we saw the Sabres play and stuff. And so it was fantastic to come here. They, they weren't in the NHL yet, but we were still right. very excited. And of course, the LRT wasn't here yet, so there was grass along the side, oh, you know, 118th Avenue. I know, you now you know how old I am. And it was fantastic that we, the first thing we did is we stopped, the dog went out and, and christened the uh, the grass, and us kids ran up the hill and, and rolled down. It's like, that's this that was this was our very first stop. That's how much it meant to our family to, to come to the big city and to know that we were going to be a part of a, a hockey team and uh, uh, and and the, the the Eskimos. I mean, we were always Eskimos fans because my aunt lived here, and we always okay. cheer for the Eskimos. And, uh, and just Edmonton is is our home. And and now so many concerts. Seeing my first concert here and everything. Yeah. And now to be in this building and go sit in where my dad had his uh, oh, wow. NHL season tickets. It's it's good memories for everybody all around. I hope everybody has the opportunity, whether they came today or the free skate. I think is all free, free skates out. tomorrow from uh, yeah. from nine to four. And yeah. then the uh, the ceremony on Sunday with the uh, the round dance and everything. Yep. It's it's going to be a fantastic weekend for Northlands. Uh, hats off to them for making it free for everybody. Lana, thank you so much for stopping by. You're welcome. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. 
this is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Hey, it's the MOP. Oilers and Wild tomorrow. 10.30 in the morning, face-off show. Game will start at noon. Cam Talbot will play. Activated off injured reserve today. Nick Ellis goes back to the Bakersfield Condors. NHL tonight, Hurricanes beat the Sabres 5-4 in overtime. Late in the third, the Devils lead the Stars 4-2. The Rangers have beaten the Kings 4-2. Ten minutes left in Detroit. Wings are up 3-1 on Toronto. Sharks and Canucks will start in about 25 minutes. At Rogers Place, Tri-City leading the Oil Kings 2-0. And here at Northlands Coliseum, after 20 minutes, the Okotoks Oilers and the Spruce Grove Saints are tied 1-1. Hoping to set a new AJHL attendance record tonight of over 5,700. And uh, I have a feeling they just might do that. Haven't seen the, the count yet, but that'd be pretty cool. Final hockey game ever here at Northlands Coliseum. Farewell weekend for the old arena. You can text 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. Tom Reed, former Minnesota North Star, now an analyst for the Minnesota Wild. Tom, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I am doing well, thank you. A beautiful day here in Minnesota. A little bit cooler, but not too bad. It's probably colder up there. You know what? It hasn't been too bad here, man. We've been uh, at, you know, just below freezing or just above for quite a while, uh, above zero most of the day today, and there's hardly any snow. It's unbelievable, Tom. We're very lucky. Well, we've got a little bit of ice and snow here, not very much, but it's, uh, I'm dealing in Fahrenheit. You're doing in Celsius. We're probably in the early mornings. We're probably about 8 degrees Fahrenheit in the morning, but it warms up a little bit during the day. We're probably around 30, 25 to 30 degrees right now, so we can handle that. This is hockey weather. Well, exactly. We're us. Us Northerners are tough, right? And uh, <laughs> no, you didn't. Hey, hey, where I'm from, I'm I'm, I'm from southern Ontario. It's 100 miles south of where I am right now, so it's a little bit warmer there. But lots of snow. We're right across from Buffalo, New York, right in Fort Erie, Ontario. So we're we're used to it. Well, I was just going to ask you that because if, if Fort Erie, you must have you must have got some big storms coming in off the water there, right? We do. The, you know, mo- most of those wind currents, we they they go to to the American side. The, the wind goes that way, so we got a little bit of it, but not near what they get in Buffalo, New York. So uh, we like that. I, I've shown enough snow in my day when I used to be a rink rat at the local arena there, so I've, I've had plenty of time to use a shovel and do the things. But I think most of that snow pattern goes towards the American side, which it should. We don't need it in Canada. I, was just, I just brought up your page here. Who or what are the Fort Francis Royals? Uh, they're a team that, uh, that I never played for, but someone put it in the in, in my bio that I played it. Oh, I never geez. played there. I have no idea who they are. <laughs> so that's unbelievable. You, you, there's a there's an incorrect entry in your bio on on hockey oh, TV. I, I know. Well, I get asked this all the time. When did you play there? I said I never did, but somebody put it in there incorrectly, so it's it's wrong. So that's all right. My my junior was in St. Catharines, Ontario. When I came out of Fort Erie, uh, Junior B, and then played St. Catharines uh, in the uh, OH, it was the OHA at that time, and then broke it with Chicago in 1967. Right, okay. Well, this this is funny. You know what? I got I, I interviewed the guy who runs Hockey DB a couple of weeks ago, Tom. I'm going to have to shoot him an email and tell him that you never played for that team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah pretty... please, please do. I, I can't be bothered doing it. Just, it creates a more controversy, so it's a good thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> Tom Reed joining us, a uh, longtime member of the uh, Minnesota North Stars, now an analyst for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Goaltending injuries have uh, been a story in both our markets, Tom. Talbot looks like he's back tomorrow to face the Wild, but uh, Dubnik uh, injured for you guys. How's, uh, how's Staylock jumping in and handling it so far? You know, I read. I said at the beginning of the year, I like what I've seen from uh, Alex Daylock. Yeah, the way he came into camp, and even last year when he was with the team down in Iowa, I thought he performed pretty well down there. And he's getting a chance now. He's a great kid. He's from South St. Paul, the same hometown as Phil Housley, who is now the head coach of the Buffalo Sabres. But Alex came in and has really stepped into a role that I think has been very you know, significant for him to, to to get the accolades that he should get. I mean, he played really well last night against Toronto. I mean, he was a difference maker to me in, in the game. He won the game by a score of 2 nothing. But he stepped in a couple games ago when he played Calgary after the uh, uh, Devin Doobie got hurt in the first period. He came right in a little, you know, stone cold and just stoned uh, Calgary to a point where uh, he's done exceptionally well. And then the game before that one his first game against his former team, that being the San Jose Sharks in San Jose. So he has come in here. He's challenging. He's a, he's a great kid to deal with. And it's nice, kind of fun to see him, you know, uh, elevate his game also. And he'll he'll be our mainstay right now until Ruby is healthy again. And then we'll see where it goes from there. He, he might even be the number one goaltender. We don't know yet. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. Well, yeah, I mean, you need a you need a backup, and the Oilers had Brassois come in, and uh, I think he did okay. Had a, his roughest night was actually a game that the Oilers wound up w- winning seven five against the Calgary Flames. He led in a, in a couple uh, tough ones there. You know, look, uh, I, I really like Minnesota roster, Minnesota's roster going into this season, um, and they got some experienced guys. They got some guys who can score. Who, who do you think their most dangerous players have been up front this season, Tom? I think Eric Stahl has been one of those guys. I mean, he has been absolutely great. I mean, here's a here's a seasoned veteran who everyone thought that maybe his career was going to be over, but he signed with Minnesota uh, last year. This will be year two of a three-year contract. And he's been, by far in my mind, <clears throat> probably the, the biggest surprise, maybe the, the, the best player that we've had over the last couple of years. Uh, Jason Zucker is another guy who has stepped up his game. He's a, a guy that uh, has, has got a, a lot of great speed on the, on the wing position. But I think those two guys, and, and collectively, I, are we as good as last year? I think we're <clears throat> pretty close. Excuse me, pretty close to where we were last year. But we missed some firepower. We don't have, we haven't had Parisi all year long. We lost Coyle for an extended period of time. We lost Niederreiter for an extended period of time. We lost Granlin for a while. So we've lost some of the, the key guys early on. But now that we're starting to get healthy again, and we're hoping that uh, Parisi can step back into the into the fold here pretty pretty soon. And one of the guys we've really missed on the blue line is Jared Spurgeon, who's from Edmonton. He's in my mind, he's been our best defenseman over the last two years. And all of a sudden, you know, he's been out with a, a groin problem. I talked to him yesterday, and he'll go on the trip. We're heading out after the game against Edmonton tomorrow. We're going to head out on a seven-day, uh, four-game road trip, coming back on December the 24th. But I think you'll see him back in the lineup here sooner than later. Final question for you, Tom. Take me back to, and you mentioned the Wild going away after playing tomorrow leading up to Christmas. When you played, would you sooner be on the road or at home right before Christmas? Well, it's, it's nice to be, you know, if you've got kids, it's nice to be home. I, I believe it was 1967 and 68 that uh, the uh, Oakland Seals went on the road. I think it was like the 19th of December, didn't return home until January the 2nd. 
And uh, it's always nice to be home uh, in holiday seasons and so on. Sometimes there's less pressure when you're on the road. So it's a matter of taste. Who likes to who likes to be where and and when you when you can uh, uh, you know hopefully win some hockey games and make it work for you. But I think uh, myself, I would rather, I think I'd rather be on the road just before Christmas. It's, it's less pressure to buy gifts. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, <laughs> Tom. I owe you. I, I, I owe you a, a, a gift, maybe in the form of a beverage. Next time you guys are in Edmonton, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Just send me the cash, will you, please? Okay, sounds like a plan. <laughs> it's Tom Reed, analyst for the Minnesota Wild. The Oilers play the Wild tomorrow. You can get it right here on 630 Chet. I want to remind you that some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down-home southern food and other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at northchickenyeg.com, and you can find them at 124th Street, 107th Avenue. Well, this has been a privilege tonight to broadcast live from Northlands Coliseum. Final game ever, hockey game in this building. Spruce Grove Saints taking on the Okotoks Oilers. It is 1-1 after the first period. Just a quick NHL update. I mentioned that Hurricane score beating the Sabres 5-4 in overtime, but Jack Eichel did have a hat trick in that game for Buffalo. His first career hat trick. He's up to 11 goals on the season. So the Oilers, uh, you know, they're all big for them now. They got a lot of catching up to do for a playoff spot. They are nine points out going into tomorrow's games. And uh, it'll be the Oilers and the Wild on 6.30, Chad. 10.30 a.m. for the face-off show. The game will start at noon. Cam Talbot is active off the injured list, and he will start tomorrow. So the Oilers get their number one goalie back. And the Wild, without their number one goaltender, Devin Dubnik, is injured, so it's expected Alex Stalock will be between the pipes for them. Kellen, great work today, buddy. You got it. Thanks to our guest tonight, besides Tom Reed, you heard from Ryan Smith, from Bob Stoffer, and Lana Nordland with 6.30 Chet Santa's Anonymous. Delivery day tomorrow, remember, starts at 9.30. The Depot, 12122-68th Street, santasanonymous.ca for more information. Really appreciate you tuning in. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning for the Oilers game. Oh, and also, thanks to Sean Elford, our engineer here at Northlands Coliseum. Without you, we wouldn't have got on the air, Sean. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend, everybody. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.